Ooh, you guys, last week's intro to the episode really got you guys fired up and like, I think in a really good way, because some of you salon owners are like, yes, I've felt all those things. And also I didn't know I was feeling those things, which sometimes were limiting what you would or wouldn't do in your business. And then some stylists who have not been salon owners were like, oh, I didn't really consider that. And like, yeah, there are a lot of things that I think about my salon owner, but mostly like if they're bad, they're just bad. And if they're good salon owners, I really don't think about them and how they're feeling. And so I'm glad to have brought you that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should go back and listen to last week's episode. But overall, my point in bringing that up, and maybe I I could have this, we could do a salon owner conversation roundtable perhaps and do another Zoom where we did that. um, You know, I did that, gosh probably a year ago at this point. Um, but that could be a fun thing for us to, to kind of dive into the topic and the conversation and like why, why we don't feel comfortable having these conversations and, and just gain some perspective because as we learn more about each other in the salon and in, in the perspectives that we hold and the reasoning behind, and just the more, you know, right, you, you feel better and you can make better decisions and you can also learn to understand what your decisions then would have impact on. And I just think overall as a whole, we, we as an industry could use that. And so I'm excited to have just like sparked that conversation the tiniest bit and hope that we can continue to have that conversation. Today though, on this episode, we are going to be answering listener questions from Briasha. So Briasha has sent me a list of questions for me to answer from my perspective as a salon owner after all of these years. So without further ado, let's get into it. What's up and welcome to the 10 Minute Beauty Business Podcast. I'm Lexi Lomax, your host, salon business coach, and mentor. I'm a salon owner of 17 years, and I am here to share with you my experiences and expertise, my failures and successes, so that you can have fast, effective biz solutions in the salon. Each week, I will bring you inspiring and actionable conversations to help you meet your goals. The 10 Minute Beauty Business Podcast is here to serve you. Now let's get to it. I love to play in my business. And one of the ways that I'm playing in my business this year is by offering micro mastery experiences. I know that there are so many things that we have to learn as business owners. There are so many things that we have to do and it feels overwhelming because sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, where do I even start? And for me, I want to start with something impactful. I want to start with something that I could learn today and implement today. So this year I am offering micro mastery experiences one every month. So it might be a masterclass. It might be a short form container. It might be a mini mind, some sort of mastermind experience, whatever it's going to be. It's going to come to me in that quarter. I'm planning ahead. You know, you know, your girl can't wait till the last minute, but it's kind of like, what do you need? And I'm bouncing off of with, with you guys in the DMs and in my coaching programs. And we're diving deep to one topic for each month. And that's it. This is just like, it's the way that I like to learn. And it's becoming the way that I love, love, love to teach because I want you to have impact. I don't want you to be overwhelmed when you come to learn something. I want you to be like, I can do this. I can try this on. And I can do this. Like it's going to start making me money now. It's going to start making my business and life balancing act 
better right now. These are the things that I want for you. And they're the exact same things that I want for me in my life and business as a salon owner. So please check out the micro mastery experiences. There's a different one every month, but if you miss one, you can also go back and grab a replay. So check it out and let me know if you have any questions. The link is here in the show notes and feel free to DM me. I received these questions via email from Briasha who sent them to me. And by the way, you can always email coaching at LexiLomax.com and I will respond. So Briasha sent me these questions and I thought, oh, this is perfect for a podcast episode because if she has these questions, I imagine a lot of you do as well. So Briasha is a nail artist currently and aspiring salon owner. She's based in Phoenix, in Chandler and Gilbert, more specifically in Arizona. And she is getting ready to open a full service salon in Arizona. And they are just like diving into research and they're close to finding the right space. And it's just a lot behind the scenes. Anyone who's ever thought about opening a salon or has opened a salon, you know how much work goes into the back end. So part of their research is to reach out and speak to business owners and salon owners who have gone before and just to share their experience. So this will be mine. The very first question is what do I track for growth in my salon business? For me, as a rental salon owner, the thing that I track most is how I am feeling as a human. I know that that probably is a slight surprise to you, but after all of these years as a salon owner, I know that I can do nothing else if I don't first track and check in with myself as a human. And you're like, probably like, well, how do you track your feelings? Because like, how do you do that? It's like, am I doing the things that I need to do for me? Am I taking care of myself? Not self-care. Like literally, am I taking care of myself? Like drinking water, having lunch breaks, doing those things when I'm at the salon. Am I you know, taking my vitamins, getting some time for me, a little bit of exercise, move the body, these things that work for me to know that I know I need, right? We all have those things. Like for some of us, it's if we don't do our daily devotional, we feel out of whack. If we don't do our cardio or our moving meditation, or if we don't get like 20 minutes in the car to just scroll before we get out and like go into the salon or whatever, right? Like we all have those things that make us show up better. So, or maybe it's like calling your aunt or calling your grandma or going to dinner with girlfriends, like whatever that is for you, that to me is what I need to track personally in in terms of my business being good or not good. So I know that if I'm going to do any dang thing in my business in order to create more growth, revenue, etc. that I first have to track how I'm doing. And so I have in the past, I've done all sorts of different things. Now I'm pretty regimented, but I have literally tracked like on a calendar. If I was doing those things, I, you know, I mean, there were just, I could be as neurotic as, as possible. And so, um, you know, I like habits and systems and triggers and trackers and my SQ journal and all of those things. So for me, there's just, you know, that is a non-negotiable in terms of what I track in my business for growth, literally, because if I'm not doing those things, then I cannot have growth, right? Because then my gross growth will be stifled because I physically can't handle it, right? Like my capacity has to be well managed. Now, when it comes to overall growth, I mean, we track numbers, right? Like outside of me being human or human running on fumes, I will track 
the numbers, of course. Now, as a rental salon, um, my rent doesn't increase like every five seconds, so there's not going to be a lot of growth there, but we can track growth in retail year after year, and we can track growth overall in like booths being full, these sort of things. Because I've been in, in business so long, uh, you know, year 17 here, there's not a lot for me to track in terms of rent change because guess what? Like my booths are full and I have a waiting list. So I can't, that's not really something that I'm currently tracking for growth year over year, but retail, absolutely. And for me, honestly, happiness, like my happiness as a business owner is really important. Now, if I was a commission salon owner, I would be tracking retention. I would be tracking, you know, like sales, service dollars, I would be tracking color waste, I'd be tracking all of those things because those things all equal growth in the bottom line. But as a rental salon owner, there's really not that much. My costs are pretty static and the the growth that I do have, you know, coming from assistants and young stylists, that is all set up in a way to ultimately get them to be renters. And that's just what works for me. That's not necessarily what's going to make you the most money. Can we just like be really clear about that? Um, rental salons, it's difficult to make a ton of money if you have high overhead, which in California we do. And so that's why I love retail so much and have made retail work for me so much because that's the only way that I can constantly increase my income, right? Without having commission stylists, which sometimes we, we have done in the past and we do have some new things kind of coming down the pipe that I'm playing with. And that may change, but currently right now to track for growth in my business, the first thing that I track is how I'm actually feeling and doing. Question number two, what are things you are hoping to change? That's kind of open-ended, but I feel like, I mean, I'm always hoping to change. I don't really hope. I just do. Can I, is that fair? It's my podcast. I'm going to say, I don't hope to do much. I mean, I, I have goals and I have aspirations and I daydream sometimes, but I, what am I looking to change in my business? Let's, let's roll with that. I am looking to change the like kind of overall systems and flow in regards to some of my hiring processes. And I want to stop this like BS that I've had going on the last like it's pretty much over now, but all of that like will not happen again because my hiring systems are getting tighter and I just am, I'm getting more diligent in what my expectations are. And I'm, uh, I am looking to really make sure that all of my next hires are like cashmere and not like sandpaper. <laughs> Is that the best analogy? And if you're like laughing at me for, for picking apart this language of the question, laugh away. But for me, that's something that really helps me to help helps me to be mindful in my business is that the, the language that I use is intentional. And I know that probably sounds actually like nut job crazy, but it's just, it's how I roll. And when you become very intentional about everything that you do, even down to your language, it really starts to shift the landscape in your business. So I don't hope to do a lot in my business. Like, that's just the wrong word. Like, I hope I'll win the lottery, right? But like, you know how that goes. But what I do know is that there are things that I'm looking to change and that are on my horizon, and then I will do it because that's how I roll. 
Third question, what's going really well for me right now? Gosh, I just feel like I'm in my pinch me era. And I know that these questions are aimed for Lexi, the salon owner, but I just have to say that my coaching business is so much fun right now. The salon is so much fun right now. We have one assistant that has been trained and about to go on like quote air quote the floor and like start taking her own clients, which is great because we have so many like call-ins and walk-ins. They're not really walk-ins, but like new client inquiries and everything going really well on that end. So we have an influx of clients and new business and growth coming in because of all the things that we've done um, that I actually shared in the visibility masterclass. Like just using reviews and ads and just different things online for us outside of social that are really working. Gosh, like we are just, everything's going really well right now. And also that too comes down to my mindset. Are there things that could be better? (laughs) Absolutely. But I'm not going to focus on that because when you focus on the negativity, you breed more negativity. So yes, some things I have to ask myself, is this something that I'm going to take with me to my next level, yes or no, and I will or I won't. And if it's something that I take with me that isn't quite perfect, then it gets to be adjusted in order to move forward. Overall, what's going really well in this salon is our retail sales are up. We are doing our big birthday promo sale this month. It's going especially well. You know, history is fun. History is so fun because you get to look back and go, okay, that worked really well. What, where can we double down on that? Where can we push the gas? Where can we amp this up and make this even better? And that's exactly what I did on this retail promo that we're doing for our birthday sale. Um, I think it'll still be going by the time you hear this live. So, I mean, it's just, it, uh, check my stories if you want to see what we're doing in the retail thing, but retail is going really well for us right now. And I think that my team and our, we've gone through some shifts. You guys know if you're, if you're a longtime listener here on the podcast, that it has not been easy in terms of team and staff. And right now it's going really well. I'm going to knock on some wood because, um, you know, just in case I'm not interested in going backwards there, but it's really, um, a matter of team culture and sales, and they're all going really well. And that then makes me happy, which helps me, like the first question, track how I'm doing in terms of growth, right? If I'm doing well, have time off, freedom, peace of mind, and the business doesn't suffer when I'm not there, that's me knowing we're on track for growth and success. Those are things that I can track, right? Like how much time and attention am I putting into this thing when, what am I getting out of it? Like those are the things that I track to know that I'm doing well and that I'm on a path of growth. Am I happy with the numbers that we're hitting? Yes, but they can always be better. They can always be better. There's always one or two stylists that isn't all in. There's always some days that I don't do what I should do when I'm behind the chair because like stuff and life lives and whatever. I mean, I always hit my hourly rate and things like that because that's set up in my business principles, of course. And, you know, like there are just non-negotiables there. Like I'm not working or like giving discounts or, you know, I'm not working for free, those sort of things. But overall for the salon, yeah, there's always things that could be improved. I know this year, like our insurance has gone up, so we need to 
you know, like change things a bit there. There's some room with like overhead and wiggle that I would like to have some more profitability. Of course, product costs have gone up. So like, am I happy about that? No, but I'm not unhappy with it either because it just means that there's opportunity for us to continue to grow and that we can always like continue to excel. But overall, the numbers that I'm hitting personally behind the chair are fantastic. Um, the numbers we're hitting as a salon are really great in our retail. Of course, our rent is pretty static. It will go up this year. It goes up every year. So like that's a nice bump, but it pretty much just costs the cost, covers the cost to do business. So, you know, I mean, it's a matter of just looking at things and knowing your numbers, I think is the first thing to know if you're happy with them and to know what your expectation is for them. So I could be making like way less than anybody, right? Like our numbers could be way tiny, but if I'm looking at them and know that that's where I set out to go and I'm hitting them, then, then that's a win, right? So it really doesn't matter what the specific numbers are, as long as you know what your target is and where your destination is and that you do the things in order to get you there with the least amount of resistance and in the most simple and easy way possible. Question number five, how long did it take you to hit those numbers? Well, in the beginning, I wasn't very disciplined and I just was like, okay, uh, we just need to make money. So let's just like sell a bunch of stuff, do a lot of services. For me personally, behind the chair, it took me about two years to get my clientele to the spot where I was like, yeah, that was like amazing, blowing my mind. And then it continues to grow from there. And then I feel like the growth happens so much faster. Like the first six months are slow. The next six months you blow your mind. Then the following year, you're like, whoa, this is amazing. And then depending on how comfortable you are and how bad you want it, things progress pretty quickly. And so it didn't take me too, too long. Really, I would say I was fully booked by the first year, but my pricing and policies and I wasn't very fast. So I was fully booked, but I wasn't like fully booked the way that I would work now and consider fully booked. I think I was like a freaking tortoise. So I am a really fast hairdresser now. I don't compromise or like skip corners or anything, but I am a fast hairdresser. And so now to hit like my previous like young stylist self would be like, what? But also like it took me all those years to get here, right? So I don't know like how long did it take me to hit those numbers? It took me what, whatever it, whatever it took. Right. Um, because in different circumstances, it's always different timing, but I would say originally for me as a, as a young stylist, it took me the first year to, to hit, I would say, gosh, six figures, I think. And then, and I was working a lot and I was hustling. Right. But, but it wasn't a, it wasn't really a healthy six figures. So how long did it take me to hit those numbers and have it be healthy? Probably like two or three years. Um, and then as far as the salon goes, gosh, we've had all over the place numbers in terms of retail and, and rent numbers and those sort of things. And so retail is always up and down, but we are so consistent at this point. I honestly, I'm sorry that I don't remember how long it took us to hit those numbers. I think that we just really always pushed and I always attracted doers and, and, and worker bees and people who were like in it. Right. And that they aren't lazy stylists there. And it's a different kind of vibe because everyone's independent and I do profit sharing on our retail. And, and so I think that it all happened pretty quickly for me. And I know that that's not the case for everybody, but it, it comes down to how did I do that? 
I have a lot of business acumen. I was willing to do whatever it took. I invested in coaches at the right time and mentors however I could, even when I couldn't afford it. I not saying that that is what you should be doing, but like I made better choices in my finances so that I could afford it. Right. I'm not talking about like putting stuff on a credit card when you can't pay for it. I really stuck to a business plan and I put my nose down and kept my eyes on my own paper and it took what it took. Right. And that's something I say all the time to salon quarterly gals when they're like, what's it going to take? Or how do I do this? It's like, it takes what it takes. And if you're not willing to do whatever it takes, then you shouldn't set this goal. And unfortunately, that's a harsh reality because sometimes we don't want to do whatever it takes in order for us to get there. Question six, what are some things that I wasted money on? Oh my gosh. I mean, have I done a whole episode on that already? I don't know. But I wasted money on, if you've listened to the show a lot, you know that I wasted money on the freaking Tyler's Takes a Taste of Texas placemats. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that was not a big win. I put money on like, it was like an ad and I paid like thousands of dollars to have like a little tiny ad on their paper placemat that was stupid, 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 stupid. It probably worked for a lot of people. It doesn't, it, and this was 17 years ago. So please, you know, if you're like, how did you do that? Well, it was pretty much normal. Um, but also, and it was a pop in place and it was a terrible idea, but mostly all of the advertising I wasted tons of money on like all of the Yelp ads, all of, and, and not to say that the Yelp ads didn't work because they absolutely did, but I wasted money on it because I didn't have a good backend, um, to support it. So we scaled too quickly in that regard. Some Facebook ads. Oh my gosh. And I went to like Facebook ad school for like, ugh, like six weeks. That was pretty much, I, I can't say it was a waste of money, but it was like not, I didn't get the return that I thought I was going to get. I got a different kind of return, which has been helpful. Um, you know, like the school of hard knocks kind of stuff there. But I really, I would say that the things that I wasted the most money on were things like that weren't well thought out. And, and it's just like early days, kind of like rookie move stuff. People were like at, at the beauty supply, the manager was like, you should buy this and give this to each of your girls and each of your stylists and, and then they can use it and it's and whatever. And it was like a gift and they didn't want that. Like I just got sold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just, that was like actually in the very, very beginning very, very, very beginning. Um, some bad retail purchases. I bought, brought things in like tools that didn't sell or things that I was really excited about. Oh my gosh. I wasted so much money on these like a million dollar leather purses that we sold. Um, I think I ended up with most of them, frankly, they retailed for like four fifty, like 10 years ago. Like, is that in banana land? It, it was. Um, and they had rhinestones on them. They were super cool. Um, but like stuff like that, like I wasted money on so much stuff, but it's all like a waste and a learning, you know? So you can't know until you know. Question seven, what have been my best investments for hair, nails, and or equipment in the salon? Best investments would be all of the help, the outsourcing, the cleaning people, the, like the handyman, the salon manager, the, like buying lunch for the girls, like investing in my team, getting help for me personally as a leader, the CPA, the bookkeeper, the all, all of the things. Instacart. Oh my gosh. I think Instacart like has gotten me the biggest return on my investment. Like I don't go to the store and I only buy what's on my list. Literally. 
literally a game changer for me personally in my home and at the salon. I literally got some Sephora Instacarted to my house the other day. Um, like some makeup. Crazy, crazy. Um, so my best investments have always been in people and education. And I don't think that will come to a shock for any of us listening, but definitely like those, those things have been really have the, have the biggest impact long-term investing with brands, right? Investing with brands, your time and your money with brands that are in alignment with you with, you know, things that hit your heart in a good way. And, and with, brands who will give back to you as a business like that's super important too in terms of equipment I would say buy the best freaking hydraulic chairs that you can I love the Minerva chairs because there's like parts and pieces like you can get replacement parts things like that the shipping is expensive but like oh well uh just like you get what you pay for in terms of equipment but like also some stuff not really right we have hood dryers can i tell you that are 17 years old and they're still cooking literally i our hood dryers some of them are are actually i think all of them are the same freaking hood dryers that we've had the whole time and like we just clean them we maintain them we clean the filter we take it out like i don't know like some stuff just lasts um i also recognize that not everybody uses a hood dryer anymore so ours are not getting as much use as they did once ago but but i mean we still have them those seem to be a pretty solid investment for like 149 dollars 17 years later like the cost per use on the days of those are probably like i probably like pennies or probably even less. One thing for me that is kind of a funny little investment, but also super important. And it's been a huge game changer for me is having a painter come in once a quarter and do the touch-up paint. That's something I could totally do. And Josh and I used to go down on a Sunday morning and we would just like bust it out and then we would go like play or do whatever we wanted to do that day. And I just don't want to do that anymore. And that has been a real game changer for me. And that's an investment into my business that gets me so much time. And quarterly touch-up paint is fine. Like for us, we do, you know, wipe the walls, clean the walls. If there's something egregious, we don't leave it until he comes. But having him come quarterly has been a huge, huge game changer and a wonderful investment. I also will say hiring our salon VA has been an invariable, like literally the actual best and also investing in my retirement early, early, early setting that up and also investing in a financial planner for the whole salon and setting up things for the whole salon has been a really good investment and definitely something that the the gals appreciate, right? So taking the hit, if I have to pay someone to come in or like set it up one time, for instance, with Aflac so that we can have the team, these sort of things, right? Like that has all been well worth the time and the money because not every investment is time, right? Not every investment is money. Not every investment gives you a return exactly the way that you put into it. So you just have to be open for these sort of things. But in terms of like getting ready to open a salon, I would say your investments should be made really intentionally for the long haul. So like, just remember you get what you pay for. Don't cut corners. It's nice to do things yourself. Sweat equity goes a long way. And also just to remember that like asking for help is also a really, really good thing. 
Question eight, what has kept your renters and employees most happy? (laughs) When I read this before I just said it out loud right now, I thought, oh, me bending over backwards and doing every single thing that they want. Like, and then I laughed out loud Um, because literally like you can't keep every renter and every employee happy and it's not my job to. It's just not, but it is my job to make sure to honor the agreement that was set forth in the beginning of our relationship. And so, yes, do I do a lot of things to keep my gals happy? Yes. Do I take care of my employees and my renters incredibly well? Absolutely. But that's just because that's who I am as a human. And I think it's important and I have a heart centered business and I want to lead in a way that that shows up in everything that I do. But, 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 but. It's their job to be happy at work. It's their job. And if the agreement that was set forth in the beginning is met on my end and they have to do their part as well, then we're off to a great start. Things that I do in order to keep our vibe high or like uh, positive, happy, abundant, those sort of things is I set the tone. I set the tone as a leader that I am intentional on all levels of what we do, how I do things, the way we move forward. Everything is based on our core values. This is something that you really need to identify as you become, you know, any business owner needs to identify their core values, but especially if you're going to have employees and lots of them, shoot, core values are the thing that shape your future, literally. And then you have to live them. You have to embody it. Something that I say all the time to my annual advisory and leadership clients is like, yeah, like how are you going to be on the scenes and off the scenes, like behind the scenes and on the scenes better be the same because we've got to embody every single thing that we set forth in the salon. We have to be that person all the time. We can't be like, this is what I'm telling you I'm doing and then turn around and like totally violate your core values. No, 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 no. So it's really important that you have core values and that you embody it yourself and that you are setting the tone, right? Do we go out to dinner? Do they care? I don't know. Um, yes, they like it, right? They do like it, but they, their social life is not in the salon. Their social life is out of the salon. And that to me, I think having that really firm boundary that like we come to work, we respect each other, we have fun at work, and then we live a little outside of the work place. Like that to me is probably what keeps everyone the most happy and the most comfortable at work, having that firm boundary that this is work. And yes, some people have relationships outside of the salon, but like there's also that firm boundary that that doesn't become a part of the workplace. And that all comes from me and setting the tone as a leader. And the last question is any other notes of advice for us as we embark on starting this full service salon? Oh man, I mean... I guess I could do a whole episode on just that. But as you plan to become a salon owner, a business owner, a beauty business owner, the main thing, the most important piece of advice that I could give to anyone is save your money. Everything costs more money. Everything costs more than you think. And it never will hurt you to have a big pile of cash in the bank. So if it takes longer, that's okay. Like you want to have those nest eggs. You want to be secure in your finances in order to do this. I would say really, it's really, really important to honor your personal priorities from the very, very beginning. You are a human. Your business is not, but your business is an extension of you, the human. And so you need to be really clear with yourself first and foremost, what it is that you're willing to do, what it is you're willing to do for others 
right? Because what you're willing to do for yourself might be different. And when you step into a leadership role, what is that? What are you willing to compromise for? What are those priorities? What are things that you will never compromise for? One of my favorite things and exercises to do and and to share with new salon owners or, or about to be salon owners is make a list of hell yeses and hell noes. Like what are the things that you do that that you will do in your space, that people that work in your space, your your perfect soulmate stylists and estheticians and nail artists and renters and employees and whatever, receptionists, front desk, all the people, what would they do? What's like the hell yes? Like, yeah, she did that. Yes, yes, yes. And what are the things that you're like, oh no, we don't do that here. That is a big hell no. Make a list of each, right? Literally, pen to paper. And that can help you just really determine who to hire, right? And then you can work that into your hiring process. Have systems for everything. Literally, system, 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 systems. We need systems for like the simplest things for like who gets the mail and who does the deposits and how do we do things and and then we need more complex systems in place like legal things like what happens when your partnership falls apart or what happens if you want to get out of a partnership or what happens if you want to bring a partner on or what happens if you want to sell the business and you're an independent person you don't have a partner what happens if you need to bring on investors like we need to have all these what ifs planned and one of my favorite things to do, and I know this is like kind of wacky thing to be a favorite, but I like to, to build a business with the exit in mind. So how are you going to get out of it and make money when you get out of it? If you build a business only for today, that's good for today, but tomorrow things will change and life will life and business will business and all of the other things will happen around you that you cannot control. And so I would really advise anyone who's building a business to say, how am I going to get out of this when I, when I want to or when I need to? What's that look like? How will that work? How will I do that? What would I need to do? How much money would I need to have? Will I get paid for this? Will I sell this? Will I walk away? How much skin in the game do I have? What would happen, worst case scenario, if I want out of this and my lease is not up? Like, how do you get out of it? And so I would say start with the end in mind as you plan and build your business. And also know that that's probably not going to happen. All those scenarios, the partnerships, the investments, the all that stuff that you're planning for to get out of it might not happen. But if you are working with other people, specifically if you have a partner in a business partner, then you need to talk about who does what. Who does which roles? What, what is the day-to-day? When when someone needs to be fired, do you draw straws to see who has to have the tough conversation? Or do you have like, nope, that's Lexi's job and it's my job to do this other stuff, to do like the day-to-day, the ordering, the inventory. Like all of that stuff is really important to systematize whether you work by yourself or if you have a partnership, but specifically if you have a partnership, like, oh my gosh, there's always going to be one person who does more. And there's always going to be one person who does something different that feels like a lot to them. So in, in any good partnership, there's great communication, but in any good business, there's great communication as well. That was so fun. Thank you, Brioche, for sending those questions to me. I will say on the last note is my biggest piece of advice would be to make sure you're having fun. You have to have fun in business. Otherwise, it's going to like literally take you out in the process. Fun, profits, relaxation, peace of mind, 
and do good while you make money, right? Be heart-led, be heart-centered in all things you do in your beauty business. It's a privilege to be in this industry and it's a privilege to get to do those things with all the flexibility and wonderful opportunity that we have in this industry. And so do all the things as a heart-centered business, work with integrity, act with integrity, and all will fall into place. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I love creating them each week and connecting with you after you listen on Instagram. I really love it when you tag me and share the episode to your stories. It's twofold. It lets me know that you're podcast people so then I can go and do a little friendly stalk and and drop a love bomb over on your page. And also it shares the show to your followers and your friends and fellow hairdressers, which I totally appreciate because this is a free show and it's difficult to grow the podcast without your help. So thank you much for that. I'll see you on stories and right back here next week.